Yes, welcome to the NBA panel. I'm your host, John Weatherstone. Half of the 2023 NBA Finals are set, and the Denver Nuggets have made a recent NBA Finals for the first time in franchise history. Today, I'm honored to say we're joined by a special returning guest who knows the history of the Denver Nuggets more than anyone. Today, I welcome back legendary sports columnist, Woody Page. Woody, how you doing? Good. I feel like I'm a historian now rather than actually. like <laughs> <laughs> I've reached that point in life where I'm so old that I'm just a historian. <laughs> uh, you're full of knowledge, Woody. Um, you covered the Nuggets in the entire 47 years in, in the NBA and some of the ABA years. Um, tell us how the roller coaster has been. Uh, I, I, in 1970 in Memphis, Tennessee, uh, the guy who was covering the ABA team, the Memphis Pros, okay. uh, was named the general manager of the team. <laughs> so one day he's the beat writer, and the next day he's running the team. And so wow. I was I was covering, I was writing a column, I was covering all sports, and the sports editor came to me and said, uh, need you to cover the ABA for a while. And I said, uh, I don't care anything about the ABA. <laughs> and uh, my first assignment was to go out and interview the new general manager who sat in the desk next to me the day before. And so now we're on opposite sides of the desk. And I thought that was one of the funniest things that's uh, still ever happened in my life that I'm now covering my friend and the team is so bad. I'm writing bad things about my friend and the team. And, uh, in 1970, I saw the Denver Rockets play in the ABA. I came to Denver, uh, where I live, and right. saw the uh, Rockets play the Memphis team. And then four years later, uh, I came to Denver, and I've been covering the uh, Nuggets ever since in the final moments of the ABA when they played Dr. J and the New York Nets and lost. And then moving into the NBA – when the absorption, people call it a merger, but only four teams from the ABA came, right. came in. So when, it wasn't a merger. It was an absorption. And the Denver Nuggets and the Indiana Pacers and New York Nets and the San Antonio Spurs were damn good. I mean, when you compared them, you have to go back. That was when the Phoenix Suns were uh, were initially being a good club. And, and I think the Philadelphia 76ers were – but uh, the Portland Trailblazers were the best team in the league with uh, Bill Walton, who uh, you know had all those injury problems. And so, yeah, I've been covering it uh, so long, and I, I I feel sort of like a Cubs fan or a Red Sox fan when they went so many <laughs> years without ever w- winning the World Series, and it finally happened. So yeah. this is kind of the case for the Denver Nuggets that they, the, it, John, I, I would say that the the, the main problem for Denver in this forgotten time zone uh people have been who've been watching the playoffs cuz they're basketball fans know right. that all the games in Denver started at like 10:30 11 o'clock on the east coast they didn't yeah. get to see the they didn't get to see the nuggets and you don't get to see them during the season because they're not on TV very much so people didn't know about Jokic and they didn't know about Murray they didn't yeah. they didn't really know the backstory of Michael Porter Jr and that sounds like a pun, but he had a serious back injury when, right. he, when he went to college. And his backstory is his back. He's he's had serious 
many serious surgeries. And so people haven't seen a guy that would have been drafted in the top four or five right. if he had not had back problems. And, and the Nuggets took a chance on him. Aaron Gordon was the player that the Orlando Magic were trying to build around. He was, you know, a top draft choice, and they thought if they could just people put, uh, put people around him, well, he comes to Denver now. He's a complimentary part. He's not yes. the star that he was supposed to be. But you look at that Bruce Brown. You're familiar with Bruce Brown has been a, a, a what I would call a warrior in the NBA. Wherever he goes, he yes. is, with the Nets he was like a big man. With the Nuggets, he's the backup point guard and kind of all around player. It's an intriguing yeah. team, and I'm glad people are going going to get to uh, see them play. <laughs> not only against the Lakers, because people were drawn in because of LeBron James and, and, and Anthony Davis. Davis. But yeah. after being drawn in, they saw what I consider to be a team that's kind of out of the brand of the Boston Celtics in the 70s and 80s. Uh, when they had right. the big three there, and they passed the ball, and nobody had an ego, even though uh, Larry Bird did. But yeah. uh, this is a team that doesn't have any distractions, no dysfunction, no distress. Everybody kind of pulls together. So uh, I, I like covering this kind of team. I mean, it's, uh, you, you look at situations like in Arizona where they went out and got Durant and it didn't work. Chris Paul gets hurt again. Right. And you go, oh, that's, that's, you know, that's a team full of talent, but can't you know, get to the finals. I, right. I just think it's a fun team to cover. Yeah, Denver Nuggets have a team full of chemistry, which is which has been built over the past losses they had. Um, this this is a long time ago. You coming? Um, everyone that everyone that knows me personally and know as a following NBA panel knows, I've always been a Denver Nuggets fan. And for this, this is special for me talking to you right now and about this. This is the first time in the history of being able to get to the NBA Finals. And I love this certain team. Like one night is Bruce Brown. It's always Jokic. He he can tri- put up a triple double and not score. I mean, like, he he's the main piece of the team. Aaron Gordon was huge in that closeout game against the Lakers. Jamal Murray is the finisher, the closer, and the opener. Like, this team is, is, this team is complete. Well, I think that uh, the most interesting aspect of it is Jokic's story. When he was drafted in the second round, uh, ESPN went to a Taco Bell commercial, and so nobody in the world knew anything about him. He had been a sort of a fat little kid in Serbia and and had drifted around in, in Euroball. And right. the Nuggets had discovered him, there's no other way to put it, and, and drafted him hoping he could be uh, at least a, 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 a player who could come off the bench. And they brought him over. This is interesting. They brought him over for summer camp in Las Vegas and he didn't even want to play in the NBA yet. He felt like he needed another year in European ball. And but the, they took a look at him, and I saw him when I went out for the Vegas, uh, you know, summer league. And I didn't think much of him, honestly. He was a he was very raw, very raw player. Uh, and I remember the next year he came to Nuggets camp, and I went to their their camp, and he he walked by me and he said, "Hello, Woody." And I thought, here's a guy from Serbia. He doesn't know. How does he know me? I guess he watches around the order or something. Yeah. <laughs> time. But uh, he's a funny guy, 
which people don't really get because his his humor is kind of sarcastic and facetious. He's he's uh, he he puts himself down, but what he does, and you know this, you're you're a basketball guy, you know this better than I do. He finds out at the beginning of the game what he needs to do. Like he'll get everybody involved. He'll yes. have eight assists, nine rebounds, no points, like you said, and then the second. Uh, second quarter, if Murray's having a good game, he just feeds it to Murray as much as possible. By the time of the fourth quarter, whatever he needs to do, he does. If yeah. he needs to score 20 points, he's going to go out and score 20 points. It, yeah. It's a unique kind of player, and I've made references to Will Chamberlain just because Chamberlain was, was a triple-double guy, and and. Jokic is a better passer than Chamberlain. Chamberlain, obviously, is a better rebounder, a big-time scorer. I, I, I think the one season he might have averaged 50 points. But uh, it's interesting that in these playoffs, Jokic has passed Will Chamberlain for, in the playoffs for triple-doubles. And that's, uh, that, that's an amazing accomplishment. I, I thought we'd never see anybody that could be mentioned in the same sentence with Will Chamberlain, but he's now been mentioned all the time in the same sentence with Giannis, uh, with uh, with uh, Embiid, who beat him out for the most valuable player. And I think if people voted again today on the most valuable player, a lot of those yeah. voters would change their mind. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this year's Nuggets team will be constantly talked about forever in history. The one team that stuck out to me was, or was what I guess they are, I'm a different Nuggets fan, the 2012 and 13 Nuggets, when they had the best, the second best record um, in the NBA. Um, that team had Corey Brewer, Wilson, Wilson Chandler, Andre Udala when he came in for that one season. That by the fast tie loss in the engine, as, the, as he was called. Um, what, what do you see the difference between that team and its current team today? Well, that team, uh, you're absolutely right about it. People don't don't even remember that team, but that team had some of that dissension that I was talking about that's lacking here now. Uh, players were concerned about their own agenda. There were guys yeah. that wanted out of there. Uh, it, 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 George Carl was under a lot of pressure because he had never got to an NBA Finals. Uh, he was loudspoken. The players didn't all like him so much. Uh so that was a team that was kind of in disarray, even though it was a great, great's too strong word. It was an outstanding NBA team and, and, and won a lot of games. And you know, right. as well as I do, the, the, the Nuggets are pulling, they're not going to say it publicly, they're pulling for the Miami Heat because they want that extra home game in the finals. Right. If they have to go to Boston for four games, this could be a much tougher series for them. And Boston's playing better than Miami right now. I think that Miami will uh, close it out in the sixth game. I, I think you've got to get something out of uh, Jimmy Butler like you did in games one and two. But right. in comparing to this this team, the Nuggets' best team was the one that came into the NBA when they, when they had David Thompson. And they had Dan Issel, they had Bobby Jones, who went on to win a championship with Dr. J in Philadelphia, and they had they had a great group of of outstanding young players. Then Dikembe Mutombo came to the league, and he right. was the best defensive player in the league. And 
really didn't get the kind of attention until much later in his in his career. But that was a good bunch of people. They had a right. they had a they had a team. They had Kiki Beck, Vandaway, and Alex English, and Dan Issel. And that was an amazing team under Doug Moe that would score 130 points every game. If they didn't right. score 130, it was about off night for them. So there had been good teams, but because Denver's buried in the mountain time zone and nobody pays attention to uh, you know later games, I, I remember saying to CBS at one time when the network was doing the, uh, the NBA games, and I said to an ex- executive there, that's unfair to start games at uh, 9.30 at night in Denver. That's, that's you know, you, you kids can't come to the games. And, but they don't end until after midnight. And on the West, East Coast, people can't see them. And the guy said, the money we're paying to broadcast uh, NBA games, we can tell the Nuggets to start at 9 a.m. on Saturday mornings. <laughs> and and I've, I've always that's always resonated with me that that's basically the truth that, you know, right. every night for the first couple of series, the Nuggets played at eight thirty at night, which was ten thirty at night where you are. Right. And who's staying up that late? I mean, you know, pure basketball fans might be, but nobody else. Yeah. And I don't think people wanted to see Minnesota and Denver really. Uh, let's be truthful about it. And so, Nobody paid much attention in the first round, and nobody paid much more attention, even though Arizona had uh, had uh, acquired Durant. But when they got around to playing the Lakers and the games were at 8.30 in the East, uh, people, I think, uh, figured out that this was the best Nuggets team of all time. And for those people that say, well, they're a one-hit wonder, all five of their starters are under contract for next year. Yes. They're not going anywhere. They don't want to go anywhere. I, I, Denver's never been able to attract stars. People want to go to Miami. They want to go to the Madison Square Garden. They want to go to the Celtics, the Lakers. People yeah. don't want to come to a team like Denver. Well, now I think people are going to want to come to a team like Denver because, A, you got that advantage of the altitude, and, B, you've got an outstanding team that you could be joining here. <laughs> yes, this is a team I think Kevin Durant might want to join. Want to join, honestly. Yeah, I <laughs> think I think after that series was over, he thought, "Oh, I should have gone to the other one." <laughs> yeah, because the different Nugget squad is is one that he loves. He he would fit right into. He could come in and do what he does. Yeah, He'll maybe like... uh, you and I will start this rumor. How about today? We start a rumor. <laughs> LeBron, LeBron is going to stay around for two more years. Till his son comes into the NBA, and the two of them are going to come to Denver, because LeBron said, uh, and Anthony Davis agreed, that they both said that was the best team they've ever played since they've been together. Yes. So maybe LeBron will want to finish his career in Denver, although the altitude got him in those first two games. I'm telling you, he, you could tell he was gassing at the end. Definitely. Um, the world just suspects have come up a lot during the series since the Nuggets take, have taken the the um, main stage. Um, over the years, you can see it, though. A lot of people don't, don't respect the different Nuggets. We said they don't watch them a lot. But the constant disrespect from casual NBA fans looking at a potential NBA Finals matchup with Miami potentially and different Nuggets, like they're going to watch it, I mean, it's like they're not true basketball fans. That's going to be a great series, even though a lot of us have already the Denver Nuggets, Denver Nuggets, winning that series. But that'll be great basketball. 
Well, I I think it'd be interesting either either team, even though Miami's an eight seed. That's a that's a damn good eight seed with Butler. I, I said on around a horn before the series started when they said what's going to be the X factor, and I said Eric Spolstra. The guy's been there often enough. He's he's the longest tenured coach other than Popovich. He knows how to coach. He's got Pat Riley. Uh, Pat Riley's not staring over his back. Pat Riley's there to have his back. I mean, right. Pat Riley is 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 a, a guy that has great uh, uh, appreciation for Spolstra, and and I I, I think Spolstra uh, is a guy who never got an NBA Coach of the Year award that really doesn't get the uh, appreciation that he deserves. So I think they'll figure out a way to come back against. But I, you brought it up. I would have liked to have seen Embiid and, and Jokic in the finals against each other. I think that would have been a hell of a series. <laughs> yeah, the MVP, I guess, that would have been that would have been a great series. Yeah, forgive me for the people that are back in the Philadelphia era, but I'm happy for you. Embiid whined for three years, and his, his whines were finally answered because people <laughs> got tired. People got tired of right. the Jokic. <laughs> yes, he got his own regular season yeah, MVP. Though you know, I work I work with Kendrick Perkins not on a uh, on a daily basis or personal basis, but you know, Perkins led the fight to get Embiid and kept saying that Jokic uh, was stat padding. If anybody watches Jokic, he's not. That he doesn't care a bit about what his stats are. I, I doubt right. they even at the box score after the game. He, and, and he's not out there trying to get a triple double. They took him out of so many games this year. He would have doubled his triple doubles. But when they'd get ahead at home, they'd take him out of the game. Uh, you look at Embiid. He was when he was healthy, he was averaging uh, 42, 43 minutes. Jokic was in the range of about 36 minutes that he played most nights. So anyway, yeah. it's fine. I, I'm I'm all for spreading the MVP around. I I think that uh, Giannis getting it, but you know this. It's kind of interesting that actually American-born players are not winning the MVPs anymore. Coming, guess who's coming next year? The number one draft pick. Yes, Wembenyama. Yes, yeah. He's coming from France. So I, I, I'm saying people have not paid attention. I'll just give you a short story. 1992, uh, I was in uh, Barcelona with the Dream Team and hung out with uh, Charles and and with Michael. Uh, I'm not trying to impress anybody, but somehow it ended up we, we were drinking a lot in Monte Carlo when the Dream Team trained there. And I came out of a Dream Team basketball game in the Olympics, and I was walking down the street in Barcelona and there was a park and in that park I saw these young guys who were Spaniards playing basketball and I thought then in 1992 I said this dream team is going to grow basketball like nothing else in history and those kids that were playing on that playground in 1992 grew up to be those Euro stars bringing the Euro step to the NBA, winning the MVP. So I believe that if you go back to the dream team, the original dream team, that that created more excitement for basketball around the world than players from Australia. 
players from Spain, the Gasol brothers, players from France, players from England even, and players from the uh, you know places like Serbia that they fell in love with basketball and felt like they could do it. So we're seeing the end result of that, that the European basketballs just keep getting more and more uh, important in the NBA when you have the last three uh, MVP players, they were all from uh, foreign countries. And I think we're going to see that continue to happen. I mean, who else is involved? You got Luca. I mean, he's an MVP type uh, player. They're scattered all over uh, the NBA. I, I don't know what the numbers are. I think it's about 28% now of, of foreign players. I think you're going to see it like in baseball where the Latino players now are dominant in Major League Baseball. So, anyway, that's me being a historian. <laughs> I always love to hear you now, Woody, always, always. The Denver Nuggets um, came to this got to this point by taking by trusting the process. A lot of teams don't do that. They rush, spend money on players, as we've seen, and it all, doesn't always work out. They look at the last, like, four teams on paper last year supposed to be champions. I mean, it's, it doesn't work all the time, but the Conkeys, um trusted, and they trusted Mike Malone, and they kept Jamal Murray, and it's working out. I, I love you, but I, I hate that word process. That didn't work for a team in Philadelphia. I mean, they 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 failed to win a championship because of the process. I like to call what the Nuggets did progress. The progress. Nobody else calls it that. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, without yes, progress is everything. I totally understand. Totally agree. Totally agree. I think though what we're going to see is an outstanding. I think it's good. Someone asked me last night said uh, what it, a lot of people are going to be bored. So I wrote someone from a WNBA player said this could be the most boring series in the world if it's Miami and Denver. That's not true. It, not I all. think it's going to be an exciting, tight season, tight series that everybody will want to watch by the end. But you've got two great veteran coaches. You've got uh, two fantastic uh, big men and you've got two guards in Butler Murray that are just sensational and can go off on you. So I'm, I'm, I'm really looking forward to the NBA finals and I'm looking forward to the nuggets coming. I, Cause I, I didn't even, I don't think I realized that uh, they don't have guys that have restricted. Co- uh, the only guy they'll lose and he may want to stay cause he loves it here so much. Bruce Brown is an unrestricted free agent. That's the only player of their top 12, 13 right. that may not be back. But I think they might say to him, hey, we'll give you the best deal we can if you yeah. hang around for two or three years. And that can happen. But I think Miami with those you – know, I'm tired of hearing about undrafted players starring. their players too. But I think Miami's got a great future. Yes, they do. Um, previous coaches from the different Nuggets, um, from Dan Issel to Mike D'Antoni up to Mike Malone. How was it for you covering different personalities over the years? Well, Larry Brown was interesting, and anybody that follows basketball knows that he coached like 87 different teams right. over his career. <laughs> I, I talked to him a few. Well, he covered, you know, he covered, he's the only guy that's yeah. covered, 
that's coached uh, an NCAA uh, champion and an NBA champion that he did with the Pistons, that Larry was one of my favorite people of all time. I've known him for 40 years, I guess, 40, 50 years. And Larry was a wild, outspoken guy who wore blue jeans long before coaches were, when coaches were wearing coats and ties back then and had a great offensive system that he had kind of developed with North Carolina. His only assistant coach was Doug Moe, and Doug sort of took the torch from Larry Brown when Larry got on a roll there where he changed teams or changed uh, from NBA to college basketball, still doing it. As I said, I talked right. to him. He's thinking about getting back in. He's been offered a job to get back in. But Doug Moe came along basically with the Larry Brown system and a New York background. So he had the New York streets, playgrounds kind of background, and he had played at North Carolina. And, and the offensive systems of, of Dean Smith and and uh, the, the kind of hurry-up offenses that the Boston Celtics played. And he had a uh, – Larry got them to the Western Conference Finals against Portland – Doug got them to the Western Conference Finals. And then along, uh, D- Dan Issel, who had played for both of them, came along, upset Seattle and George Carl as an eighth seed in the first round. Uh, Seattle was a one seed then. And yeah. then you have Malone, who's got that New York background. His father, of course, was a coach. He's got two coaches, two assistant coaches, whose fathers were coaches in the NBA. And that's that's impressive. They've got a lot of experience on that bench of guys who grew up, you know, in coaching families. And uh, there've been, you know, George Carl being here for that run where they had uh, seven or eight straight years where they won the division or yeah. got lost. They just couldn't get over the hump because they were playing. They always left lost to the Los Angeles Raiders, and the Raiders were a better team. But it's it's been a, a Again, I don't think people pay have paid attention. Most people, particularly casual people, of the the Nuggets have had a long string of, of outstanding coaches. Mark Jackson yeah. beat them uh, as a coach with the Warriors, and I thought Mark Jackson might come back here to he played briefly for the Nuggets. I thought Mark Jackson might come back here, but I, I think Mark Jackson's going to get another opportunity. Uh, even though he didn't vote Jokic in the top five because he forgot about him. <laughs> <laughs> that is Nico had to say something about that, especially yeah. now. <laughs> yes, you're an all-time, all-time champion panelist on Around the Horn. Um, tell us about your dominance. How do you do it? You live with some great minds and great knowledge all around you. Uh, that's it. And nobody's ever asked me that. That's a good question. How do I do it? I think it's because I've been on more shows than anybody. I was on the first one. I was on the one a couple of days ago, last one a couple of days ago. I think uh, uh, I have no ability except availability. I show up. I was taught (laughs) that you always show up for work. (laughs) So uh, I think I've won more than anybody else because I've been on more shows than anybody else. But I think that my sense of humor injects a little bit different sort of tone to a show. 
like if you watch, uh, and this is not, not a put down, but if you watch a couple of shows maybe that are on Fox Sports, right. the guys are so serious all the time. And I worked with one of them. You know who I'm talking about. But I worked with one of them for right. years. He's got no sense of humor. Uh, Skip. <laughs> yeah. I've worked with Skip. I've worked with Stephen A. on shows. I've worked right. with uh, uh, Jay Mariotti. And I think what I have brought, I hate the phrase, but what I bring to the shows that I've always worked on is I don't take myself seriously and I don't take sports like it's uh, – taxes and death. I, I try to treat it in the perspective that it deserves. And so I, I think that's why I've been around for 21, 22 years of doing uh, debate type shows on TV. And uh, so far, nobody said go away. So I guess I'll still do it for a while. You definitely will. You definitely will. Woody, it's always a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you so much for your time once again. Yeah, it's always been, a pleasure speaking with you. It's been a while, but I didn't want to be... Uh, uh, to your show where people go, I'm tired of him being on the show. <laughs> <laughs> but thanks for inviting me back, and uh, the timing is perfect. Uh, let's enjoy the NBA Finals. Yes, we will. Thank you so much for your time. Yep. Take care. You too. Yes, that was a legendary sports columnist, Woody Page, once again joining me. Catch you next time.